Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle-Earth Elf. For What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. You are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Broadcasting from UC Irvine, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, alternating weeks with Phenomenal Woman, hosted also by yours truly. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome and my govanin to everyone listening, whether you are joining us live or online, and to my enduring and charming Hobbit co-host. I am Milo Lomsdown at your service, Elf Princess. And our audience is listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming, streaming live, as always, at KUCI.org on the web. You can contact us with comments or questions or suggestions at askanelf at yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. Positive or negative, good or bad, anything, please feel free to do what you like in sending to us. And you can find podcasts and information about this program and all the wonderful public affairs programs of KUCI at www.kucitalk.org. You can also find podcasts of What Would Arwen Do? on iTunes. Simply go to the iTunes store and search on Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and we are one of the podcasts that you will see there. What Would Arwen Do? Welcome. And if you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle-Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? 
How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Things that elves care deeply about. Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question, especially this time of the year, dear Hobbit, as we are approaching Christmas. And boy, don't we have the Christmas spirit as I'm watching the elf princess with her deer antlers, her reindeer antlers on. Reindeer antlers. And you have reindeer antlers on yourself. That's right. And we have a very special guest that will be joining us in just a few moments in a Santa hat. (laughs) Anyway, on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, well, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves, and the lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. In her we see courage, wisdom, beauty, a sense of humor and gaiety, and service to others. So, dear Hobbit, we love to celebrate the movies, and of course the Hobbit movies coming up. We love to celebrate the seasons of the year, and this being our Christmas show. Um, here we are, again, hoping to inspire... Uh, those who listen, whether online or live, to uh, find joy in this in this season of giving. And the season of giving and celebration. And peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men and women and families, as this is a time when we should be with loved ones. And if you cannot be with loved ones, then you should be of service to your fellow human beings. There are many soup kitchens that need help, many homeless shelters that could use help, and you'll be repaid many, many times more than you give. And, you know, sometimes even uh, there are times, and loved ones doesn't necessarily have to be your family. I mean, some of us... That's for sure. You know, some people have actually been rescued out of difficult family situations, and they are in the process of creating new extended families for themselves and creating uh, and inviting new, quote-unquote, loved ones into their lives. So, and, And very often, Christmas can be also a time just for reflection and... And to, um, I know this, this year, my mom's been gone over 10 years now, but for some reason this year I'm especially missing mom. And I don't really have, um, much other family that's here locally, but I have a wonderful extended family and I have some of the most amazing friends on the planet, of which you are one. And, uh, and of which Ro is here with us today, too. In fact, I'm just going to take a Our special and guest invite, in the Santa hat. You invite Ro, the archeress of San Diego, the archeress of renown. And by the, the way, she looks... shield maiden of Escondido. She just looks identical to a shield maiden of Rohan. <laughs> My gosh. Welcome, Ro. Hi, Tani. Let's see. Do we have... Uh, let's just make oh, sure. I'm not hearing myself. Um, you know what? I think I have the button pushed down. It's it's okay. Say something. Say hello. hi, Tony. Um, you know, turn up your headphone thing. Hello. <laughs> this, hello. Yeah, I think I 
Are you not hearing her either? I guess it's time to share. It's the season of sharing. We will share. Uh, we so, yes, Milo, Milo and I are very close today. <laughs> so it's time for sharing gifts. It's time for sharing microphones. And we are KUCI in Irvine, a college radio station, an alternative radio station where you will hear music and public affairs programming that you will not hear on the major airwaves. And just as we are in this season of giving, let me take one quiet little moment to um, do just a tiny bit of promotion to those of you who are listening, not only to this show, but to any shows that you may love here uh, from KUCI, that it is not too late to go to our website and make a donation, a tax-deductible donation to KUCI for your year-end giving. And uh, who knows, we might end up with um, yet another microphone (laughs) that works. One that works, at least. We do have three microphones in Studio A here, but unfortunately, <laughs> microphone C seems to be at C. Yes. Well, that's that's okay. We have, but we have wonderful things to celebrate today, and this is what's the what's the date today? Today is Tuesday, December the twentieth, two thousand eleven. And it's kind of a special day. Less than one year. Because, well, less than one year from the release date, which is? The release of the first Hobbit movie, which is December 14th, 2012. And we'll have to have a little Hobbit music to get um, as we get into movie news. But it's also the day before the 10-year anniversary of the release of The Fellowship of the Ring, December uh, 21st, night, 2001. What a day. 2001. I, mean, I didn't even, you know, get on this uh, particular quest <laughs> until, um, and start my life as an elf until late March, and actually in April of 2002, and then in the, the summer of 2002 was when I uh, first met Ro on a message board. And then in the fall, we met in person. But, oh, my gosh, it's been almost 10 years now for, it will be 10 years before too long of our being on this giant, on this amazing quest. So um, this is our Christmas show, though, Dear Hobbit. Absolutely. And we are going to have many, many fun things. We're going to have celebration of the 10th anniversary of Fellowship of the Ring with Roe here, the Shield Maiden. We're going to have letters from Father Christmas. We're going to have special music. All kinds of fun things. And let's just take a moment to say hello to any of our friends who might be listening um, locally, which you can listen through the radio at 88.9 FM. You can listen through our website at kci.org, 24 hours a day. And you can listen to us through iTunes. And to any of um, my friends that might be listening and Rose friends who might be listening in from one, our favorite message board, TorqueTheOneRing.com. We want to say a special hello and shout out to them. And uh, I know Ro has actually now, well, tell us a little, you now have uh, fans, archery fans in Italy. Is that, isn't that right? On your Facebook Not page. just Italy, but Spain and all over the world, which has happened in the last couple of months. But yes, after my recent vacation to Italy, where I met two traditional medieval archers and became friends with them on Facebook, 
I connected to a whole traditional archery world, and my friends went from about 83, and as of this morning, I'm at something around 247. <laughs> so, yes, uh, if any of my friends or we fans love from the internet, anybody from any of the other countries or even this country, I posted this morning that I was going to be on your show for this hour, and we were going to fill time doing we don't know what in the next hour. I say hello to you as well. <laughs> And as always, I'd like to say hello to my nieces and nephews that may be listening. Chuck, who is uh, still recuperating from back surgery. Hello to Martin up in Toronto, Canada, who is one of the deep experts on the books as he's read the history of the War of the mm. Ring from oh. one end to the other. History all 13 of, volumes. History of Middle Earth. The history the of series. the whole series, History of Middle Earth. He's read it all. He knows it all. He's done it all in, when it comes to the books. So... If I'm forgetting anyone, I apologize. Well, I, um, yeah, it, it's hard sometimes to, to, especially when we're in the moment, but we are very grateful for those who listen in. And if you'd like to email us, we'd love to hear from you at askanelf at yahoo.com. And um, we're just going to, we're just going to jump right in. We have so many wonderful things. Um, do you... I seem to, I don't know what I did with my schedule for the hour. But you know what? Before we get in, some people may be wondering, who in the world is this Roe person? So I just want to let Roe say a couple of things. Roe and oh, I met yes. um, through a Tolkien message board. Both of us had um, been to the movies, fallen in love with the movies, fallen in love with a little bit different characters. I was a, an Aragorn person. Roe, you were a... Boromir, Boromir fan, fan. <laughs> and we, but we both love these things, and we're so zealous about them. But we couldn't find anybody locally that shared our passion until we both finally found our way to a message board. I had never been on a message board before in my life. Never intended to be on a message board. Didn't even know how to. It worked to be on a message board, but the lovely people at theonering.com took me under their wing. My, I got a pen pal, Leoba, over in England. I always wanted an English pen pal. She took me under her wing and taught me some of the etiquette and rules of message boarding. And then uh, that was in the summer. And then we met for lunch. And then we met at a Renaissance fair. And what happened at the Renaissance fair? You <laughs> drug me to the archery range for an <laughs> archery lesson. And I basically went kicking and screaming. And yet... After you purchased me that $2 archery lesson, $2 for seven arrows and a five-minute lesson, it was when I was shooting the second arrow that I discovered my passion for archery. And I have been in that world ever since, both as a competitor and as an instructor and coach. And I am now a business owner of my own archery company. So Yay. it's been it's been an, quite a journey, and it's been just about nine years since <clears throat> that happened. So for those of you listening, never underestimate the power of the Internet. <laughs> never underestimate the power of friendship and of just taking a chance on an adventure. I mean, going to a movie can change your life in so many ways. And um, going on a message board, I mean, you know, you want to be um, diligent. You want to be prudent about, you know, being on the Internet. Both of us um, were, at the time, our husbands were a little reluctant to let us go off and just meet somebody, but our first meeting was at a public place. We met at a restaurant and discovered that each one, you know, each of us was who we said we were and <laughs> fairly normal as, as much as an, a shield maiden and an elf could be. But I immediately recognized your shield maidenliness, and I think you immediately recognized my elvishness, and we 
um, have become fast friends almost 10 years now. So Before we forget, we should, we of course, being a public radio station, we can't talk about prices at all or promote anything per se, but I think if people want to get in touch with Roe, the Shield Maiden, and Archer, uh, we should have some uh, contact information, Ro, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Don't you have, like, a Facebook or email? Or I do. The name of my business is The Second Arrow, and it is named for that pivotal moment when I shot The Second Arrow and discovered my second passion in life, my first being horses. And I now have a website up, thesecondarrow.net. I also own thesecondarrow.com, but they have not been connected yet. I just was able to purchase Uh that, so that will become my official one. But right now, thesecondarrow.net is where you can see my information. And, yes, you can contact me there, or you can contact me at Roe, which is R-H-O, at thesecondarrow.net for any information on lessons, parties, leadership trainings, anything that anybody else can do in the world of personal growth, leadership training that I do, as well as I can just do plain basic archery lessons or birthday parties. And how fun is archery? Well, we, we, we both we have it. My my passion did not go as deep as yours. I you know I just tend toward you know just things generally elvish. But it is. Um, I also took some archery lessons and have a bow and arrow, and we've had some wonderful archery adventures. But you are not only um, have you competed and won many medals, <clears throat> but you actually now are trained to teach people, which is a wonderful thing. And I've been on a couple of those adventures, especially kids. It's wonderful to see that light in their eyes when the kids. Um, pick up that bow and arrow and feel that that power of of a bow and arrow. So it's uh, um, so lest we run out of time, let's have a little bit of um, of Hobbit music to transition into our Hobbit. Because I know that Milo, I'm so happy. I will announce to our listeners that we will be going to weekly starting in the new quarter, which starts in the, about the second week of January. Uh, because there's just so much to cover, and we're so excited about the wonderful developments in the groundbreaking production of the Hobbit movies. So, Milo, will you? And of course, I've I've told you that I don't want you to tell me beforehand anymore. So, all of this is a lot of times very new, breaking news for me as well. Well, the most important thing for our listeners to be aware of is the what we call the teaser trailer. That is the short previews of coming attractions for the first Hobbit movie will be premiered on the internet today at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. That's 10 p.m. Eastern Time, for those of you that are in the Eastern Time Mm -hmm. Zone. And we know that we have listeners on the internet. Well, guess what? It is the teaser trailer for the Hobbit movies, and it's going to be presented, apparently, according to USA Today, as a 15-minute presentation by Peter Jackson himself, and part of the presentation is going to be the premiere of the two-minute, almost two-minute, teaser trailer for the Hobbit movie. And if you want a URL, of course, my favorite website for... Tolkien and Lord of the Rings and Hobbit related things is the one and movie news especially is the one ring dot net it's wonderful for news and they have got much there but uh, recently facebook.com slash the Hobbit movie had this marked but I just checked online before we began our program and the the official URL for this world premiere of the trailer is http colon slash slash trailers dot apple dot com 
slash trailers. And because the website is trailers.apple.com, it's almost certainly going to be QuickTime. It won't be in Flash. Uh So if you have one of those newfangled iPad things, you'll be (laughs) able to uh, watch the trailer at 7 p.m. Pacific time. I wonder if some people who have the Internet on their iPhone would even be able to watch it on their iPhone. Absolutely. If you have an iPhone with Internet connectivity or an iPad with a Wi-Fi or 3G... (laughs) I don't know what you mean, we, Kimosabi. I don't have any of that fancy. I don't like anything more fancy than a donkey cart. Oh. But for those oh, of you Do you have that, an iPad, iPod? Or no, I, an iPhone? I have an iPad and an iPhone, but my iPhone is in red on the battery, and my iPad is at your house, so we're going to have to work this out. Okay. <laughs> so that's going to be exciting. So that's the most important thing, trailers.apple.com at 7 p.m. Now, dear Hobbit, don't you think that for those who might not, you know, um, might miss this or maybe they're listening, you know, catching this at the podcast tomorrow morning or in a day or two, um, do you think that it could be possible that that little two-minute thing will find its way onto the More than possible, Elf Princess. I would say it's almost 100% positive that this trailer will be somewhere on the web. Now, what about the other 15-minute thing? Is that a televised event? There's no details yet. Oh, no details. but it's, it's all at that URL? Yes. Oh. oh. And, of course, when you look at Apple.com, they have enough servers that they can deal with a lot of traffic. Wow. So we probably won't see a crash like we would if we had some little site. Well, then but there's, that's good. There's, there's more news. There's more. There's, there's more. more. Lego has announced <gasps> a deal with Warner Brothers Consumer Products to release Lego The Lord of the Rings and Lego The Hobbit An Unexpected Journey, giving fans of oh all ages gosh. a chance to build and play out the fantastical story and characters of these legendary Middle-Earth adventures. Oh, my gosh. So this is something for those, because those of us, you know, right here in the South End, we're not that far from the official Legoland. There will be a whole area of devoted to, to Middle Earth. More movie news. Wait, wait, wait. Before you pass on from, from Legos. It's not it's not just Legoland. I don't know if they're going to have display. They're actually making sets for kids. Right. You can go and buy kits, Tawny, and make Middle Earth cities. So, do you know what also this implies? Because they're not just doing Legos for the Hobbit movies. This means there will be a resurgence of interest in my favorite movies, The Lord of the Rings. So it's going to be bringing back more things. So it's, this is would this would this would be a new licensing thing, though. Milo, would you explain that a little bit? Because someone else had the licensing for like action figures and things for the movies when they originally came out, right? Right. We had discussed a few weeks ago on this program. You can look at the archives at kucitalk.org for previous What Would Arwen Do programs, but we had talked about who has the master worldwide agreement for The Hobbit, and this is, I'm sure, related to that worldwide agreement. Warner Brothers Products had arranged with that company, so this is just the first fallout from that master agreement, and it's very, very exciting. Apparently, you'll have to wait, though, until June of 2012 to play with these Lego blocks. <laughs> That's not that far away, and it's before the movies come out. And by the way, the movie is less than one year away. Let me emphasize, less oh than one year from goodness, now. how excited More movie news. If you like photos of Bilbo, you know, Martin Freeman, the yes. great British actor, is playing Bilbo. Uh, a new high-res photograph of Bilbo has been posted. Again, go to the OneRing.net for a link to that. Mm-hmm. We have more movie news. I'm glossing over things because we have wonderful stuff related to Father Christmas to do. Yes. 
Joe Letary, the Academy Award-winning special effects wizard of Avatar and Lord of the Rings, talks about the evolution of Gollum in The Hobbit there and back again. So this was from MovieWeb.com, and they had asked Joe about the evolution of Gollum. And this is what he had to say, quote, Without getting into what he is going to look like on screen and everything, because we are saving that. Technically, what has been good about this is that we did Gollum the first time around, and it was the first time that we were doing performance capture in a film. But we couldn't record on the stage. Andy was performing with all the other actors. But then he would have to come out and do his performance again on a motion capture stage. We would fit the two together. He would mimic his first performance, and we would put it in with the other actors. But when we did Avatar, we created this whole virtual world. It was completely immersive, and everything was in this virtual world. What we did with Rise of the Planet Apes has come full circle with it. And we took all the technology we created from Avatar, and we figured out a way to make that on set, how to make it work within exterior sets. That way, Andy as Gollum could be in the scene with all the other actors. Mm. So you're not getting a second performance from him trying to duplicate the first. You are getting the original performance that he did with the actors and everyone else. It closed the gap. That's the thing we finally got to do with Gollum, just as a way of nicely closing the circle. And by the way, Andy Serkis has been nominated by two film society organizations, the San Diego Circle Mm -hmm. and the Washington Group of Film Critics for Best Supporting Actor in Rise of the Planet of the Apes for Mm -hmm. his motion capture work. So he is getting recognition for that. This is going to be so amazing. I mean, Peter Jackson is doing so much groundbreaking work already with the Hobbit movies, but then he's able, he's like, has this ability to integrate all of these other technologies that have been evolving since the Lord of the Rings. It's going to be state-of-the-art. Not only is he doing it motion capture, not only is he doing it 3D, not only is he doing digital 3D, but he's doing digital 3D at 48 frames a second, twice the normal speed, which no one, no commercial film has ever done before. It's just astounding. The final bit of movie news before we get on to the letters from Father Christmas. Okay. Uh, Ian McKellen has posted another thing on his blog. You can go to McKellen.com for the notes from Imladris. And his latest posting is On the Move. The Hobbit is on the move for a couple of months, visiting a dozen or so locations up and down New Zealand. 500 of us travel with the efficiency of an army or a circus on the move, each supplied by the production with transport, shelter, and a bed. (laughs) <laughs> wow, 500 people, 500 beds moving up and down the coast? Our first filming destination was Mata Mata, where 11 years ago Gandalf the Grey made his entrance into the Fellowship of the Ring, greeting Ian Holmes Bilbo on the doorstep of Bag End. The site has since been signposted as Hobbiton, where tourists in search of Middle-earth could ponder the paltry remnants of our filming, a couple of round green doors propped against the hillside. <laughs> wow. All our trucks, trailers, generators, dining tent, and loos were hidden behind and below the surrounding hillocks, but it was nostalgic to clamber up the path that leads Uh. to Bag End, where this time Martin Freeman's Bilbo will be surprised by Gandalf. We filmed there for less than a week, this time leaving everything behind, so future visitors do not have to guess at, but actually can see Hobbiton in its glory. They will even be able to get a snack at the Green Dragon. Peter oh Jackson, gosh. who likes a laugh, suggested I take up residence as a tour guide in my blue pointy <laughs> hat. 
I'm thinking about it. Ian McKellen, oh, Paradise, New that's Zealand. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Just think of all the wonderful things that will come out of these movies. I mean, think of how wonderful this is for the country of New Zealand and for the local people there. They'll be having, you know, tours. You'll be able to visit. You can go and eat, have a drink. And, you know, we have to go, bro. We have to go to New Zealand. Oh, we I see go. that in my future. New yes. Zealand is quite a ways away. I must point out the practical aspects to you ladies. Yeah. Well, there are planes and trains and Italy's far eagles. away too, but that didn't stop me. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So we've got wonderful things for the uh, second half of our show. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. I am Tani Tenuviel and my Hobbit co-host Milo Lomsdown and our very special guest, Ro, the uh, founder of Second, the Second Arrow uh, Archery and uh, just all good things. So we're having uh, lots of fun today. And, um, dear Hobbit, we are. Let's have a little song to get us ready for Christmas because we are celebrating Christmas today with readings from Letters from Father Christmas by J.R. Tolkien. And of course, we have this delightful song with Lord of the Rings lyrics to the tune of the um, song from uh, The Sound of Music. My favorite things, which people generally tend to associate with Christmas. The wonderful Prancing Pony Players. Yes, who I got to see in August of 2006 at, uh, I always forget the names of those things, but it was one of those big comic, whole con things. Um, yeah. I'm one so of envious that you got to see them live. <laughs> I can only listen to the recording oh, with it you. Was, it, I did get to see them live, and they were just enchanting. And so here we have the um, the Lord of the Rings, my favorite Lord of the Rings things, sung by and written by the Prancing Pony Players. This is KUCI in Irvine, and here are the Prancing Pony Players. <laughs> Wizards and parties and hobbits digesting, elf lords and councils and fellowships questing, Balrogs who flame and a sword repulsing. We can rewatch them again and again and try to relive the fun. <laughs> and that is the Prancing Pony Players from their CD that is not available. I don't know. You might be able to contact them I th- if you can find them. I, uh, I'm not sure their website is working, that, but it used to be p3.bucklandblues.com. And this is the Prancing Pony Players. Maybe they will have a revival and get the band together with uh, the Hobbit uh, movies coming out. I would certainly love that. Got to see them. And they were uh, just enchanting and very had great costumes. As I mean, they didn't just sing; they also had the costumes, and it was wonderful. So that's the Prancing Pony Players with my favorite Lord of the Rings things. So let's get into Dear Hobbit. We're um, in in celebration of the Christmas holidays. We love to read from the letters from Father Christmas. These were letters that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote to his children over the course of about 20-something years, starting in 1920 and uh, going through, I think the last one is 1930, 
nine or something like that, but through um, when his one son was just three years, her first son was three years old, up until his son was in the um, army, and Priscilla was the, the last one kind of still getting letters from Father Christmas. Right, and it was 1943. The last letter was just to Priscilla in 1943. Yes, and but starting in 1920, so over the span of like 23 years, this book was actually um, edited by Bailey... Uh, Tolkien, who is married now to Christopher Tolkien. And by the way, both the paperback and the hardcover are beautiful, but in different ways, but I prefer the hardcover. <laughs> yes, yes, the t- hardcover is be- And the wonderful thing about this book is that it not only includes the letters, but it includes the illustrations. It actually has pictures of the actual letters that J.R. Tol- Tolkien wrote with his beautiful scribbly right. script. That and he that's used- the reason I prefer the hardcover, is it's a larger format, and it's better <clears throat> for the details of the beautiful pictures that Tolkien himself drew for his children as part of these letters. Yes, and the letters themselves. He actually drew them in a funny little script. And so, Ro, I was going to ask you, there's a wonderful little passage from the of Humph- from Humphrey's biography of J.R. Tolkien that talks about, in a sense, maybe where J.R. Tolkien got a little bit of his inspiration for all these elvish letters and goblin alphabets and things like that. Mabel soon began to educate her sons, and they could have had no better teacher, nor she an apter pupil, than Ronald, who could read by the time he was four, and had soon learned to write proficiently. His mother's own handwriting was delicately unconventional. Having acquired the skill of penmanship from her father, she chose an upright and elaborate style, ornamenting her capitals with delicate curls. Ronald soon began to practice a hand that was, though different from his mother's, to become equally elegant and idiosyncratic. So, and, and what beautiful handwriting it is. Yes, and it's so amazing to me to think of it like by, that he could read by the time he was four. He was practicing letters by the time he was five. And, of course, all those many years later, we see the beautiful, um, the curse, the anthermas, and um, the beautiful alphabets that he... Uh, devised for the books of the Silmarillion, Lord of the Rings, and The Hobbit. So beautiful. So thank you to Mabel, all these many years later. His mother. Um, So, dear Hobbit, because, of course, you know I love to hear your voice so much, so you're going to read one of the letters today, but would you first also read this enchanting little introduction? Yes, I will. Did you want to read from my book, or did you want to read from yours? I'll read from my book. The the introduction, this is The Letters from Father Christmas by J.R.R. Tolkien, and the introduction. To the children of J.R.R. Tolkien, the interest and importance of Father Christmas extended beyond his filling of their stockings on Christmas Eve, for he wrote a letter to them every year in which he described in words and pictures his house, his friends, and the events, hilarious or alarming, at the North Pole. The first of the letters came in 1920, when John, the eldest child, was three years old, and for over 20 years, through the childhoods of the three other Tolkien children, Michael, Christopher, and Priscilla, they continued to arrive each Christmas. Sometimes the envelopes, dusted with snow and bearing polar postage stamps, were found in the house on the morning after his visit. Sometimes the postman brought them, and the letters that the children wrote themselves vanished from the fireplace when no one was about. As time went on, Father Christmas' household became larger, and whereas at first little is heard of anyone else except the North Polar Bear, later on there appeared the snow elves, red gnomes, snowmen, cave bears, and the polar bear's nephews, Paksu and Valkatuka, who came 
on a visit and never went away. But the polar bear remained Father Christmas' chief assistant and the chief cause of the disasters that led to muddles and deficiencies in the Christmas stockings, and sometimes he wrote on the letters his comments in angular capitals. Eventually, Father Christmas took on as his secretary an elf named Ilbereth, and in the later letters, elves play an important part in the defense of Father Christmas' house and store cellars against attacks by goblins. In this book, it has been possible to give only a few examples of Father Christmas' shaky handwriting, but almost all the pictures that he sent are here reproduced, and also included is the alphabet that the polar bear devised from the goblin drawings on the walls of the caves where he was lost, and the letter that he sent to the children written in it. So that all of these things are included in this wonderful book, and one of my favorite things about each Christmas season is actually bringing out this book and reading some of these letters. They are so amazingly enchanting. I mean, there could be a whole another book just about the adventures of Father Christmas with the polar bear and the snow elves and the goblins. Um, who Maybe Peter Jackson might make a show. Wouldn't that be a lovely Christmas um, movie some year? <laughs> so, Ro, um, so we're each going to read uh, one of the letters. Oh, do you have it there for her? I and, do. So, Ro's going to read the first one. I just a little context. This one's actually from 1925. So, this would have been just about the time, and according to the biography of Humphreys, uh, 1925 and the seven years after that when... Um, J.R. Tolkien took the post at Oxford was when really the Hobbit started he started working on the Hobbit so this would have been just about the time that he was you know you can imagine that as he's writing these letters also this Hobbit tale is beginning to take form in his head my dear boys and would you just read the little first part but it tells the date and everything Cliff House top of the world near the North Pole Christmas 1925 my dear boys I am dreadfully busy this year, and it makes my hand more shaky than ever when I think of it, and not very rich. In fact, awful things have been happening, and some of the presents have got spoilt. And I haven't got to the North Pole. I haven't got the North Pole bear to help me, and I have had to move the house just before Christmas, so you can imagine what state everything is in. And you will see why I have a new address and why I can only write one letter between you both. It all happened like this. One very windy day, last November, my hood blew off and went and stuck on the top of the North Pole. I had told him not to do it, but the North Polar Bear climbed up to the thin top to get it down, and he did. The pole broke in the middle and it fell on the roof of my house, and the North Polar Bear fell through the hole and made it into the dining room with my hood over his nose. And all the snow fell off onto the roof, the house melted, and put out all the fires and ran into the cellar where I was collecting this year's presents and the North Polar Bear's legs got broken. He is well again now, but I was so cross with him that he says he won't try to help me again. I expect his temper is hurt and will be mended by next Christmas. I send you a picture of the accident and of my new house on the cliffs above the North Pole with the beautiful cellars in the cliffs. If John can't read my old shaky writing... 1,929 years old, he must get his father to. When is Michael Michael going to learn to read and write his own letters to me? Lots of love to you both and Christopher, whose name is rather like mine. That's all. Goodbye, Father Christmas. P.S. 
Father Christmas was in a great hurry and told me to put in one of his magic wishing crackers as you both pull. Wish. And see if it doesn't come true. Excuse thick writing as I have a fat paw. I help Father Christmas with his packing. I live with him. I am the great polar bear. <laughs> and of course, Isn't that delightful? Uh, and of course, there's a beautiful illustration here, this beautiful picture that he said, that J.R. Tolkien sent a lot. So this is included. And these are full-color illustrations that are in this marvelous, marvelous book. So, Dear Hobbit... Um, you have a uh, you selected a letter that was very special to you to share with our listeners. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI, and we are reading from J.R.R. Tolkien's The Letters from Father Christmas. Now, which letter is this? Top of the World, North Pole, Xmas 1929. <laughs> Dear Boys and Girl, It is a light Christmas again, I am glad to say. The northern lights have been specially good. There is a lot to tell you. You have heard that the great polar bear chopped his paw when he was cutting Christmas trees. His right one, I mean not his left, of course it was wrong to cut it, and a pity too, for he spent a lot of the summer learning to write better so as to help me with my winter letters. We had a bonfire this year, to please the polar bear, to celebrate the coming in of winter. The snow elves let off all the rockets together, which surprised us both. I have tried to draw you a picture of it, but really there were hundreds of rockets. You can't see the elves at all against the snow background. The bonfire made a hole in the ice and woke up the great seal, who happened to be underneath. The polar bear let off 20,000 silver sparklers afterwards, used up all my stock, so that is why I had none to send you. Then he went for a holiday to North Norway and stayed with a woodcutter named Olaf and came back with paw all bandaged just at the beginning of our busy times. There seem more children than ever in England, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, and Germany, which are the countries I specially look after, and of course North America and Canada, not to speak of getting stuff down to the South Pole for children who expect to be looked after, though they have gone to live in New Zealand or Australia or South Africa or China. It is a good thing clocks don't tell the same time all over the world, or I should never get round. Although when my magic is strongest, at Christmas, I can do about a thousand stockings a minute, if I have it all planned out beforehand. You could hardly guess the enormous piles of lists I make out. I seldom get them mixed. But I am rather worried this year. In my office and packing room, the polar bear reads out names while I copy them down. We had awful gales here, worse than you did, tearing clouds of snow to a million tatters, screaming like demons, burying my house almost up to the roofs. Just at the worst, the polar bear said it was stuffy and opened a north window before I could stop him. You can guess the result. The north polar bear was buried in papers and lists, but that did not stop him laughing. Also, all my red and green ink was upset, as well as black, so I am writing in chalk and pencil. I have some black ink left, and the polar bear is using it to address parcels. I liked all your letters, very much indeed, my dears. Nobody, or very few, writes so much or so nicely to me. I'm specially pleased with Christopher's card and his letters, and with his learning to write, so I am sending him a fountain pen and also a special picture for himself. It shows me crossing the sea on the upper north wind, while a southwest gale, reindeer hate it, is raising big waves below. This must be all for now. I send you all my love. One more stocking to fill this year. I hope you will like your new house and the things I bring you. 
your old Father Christmas. I mean, isn't it amazing to think also, I mean, here's a man who was a professor, you know, he had a full list of duties and things to do. He's writing The Hobbit. He is working on his languages. He is uh, raising a family. And he's, you know, has time to not only write these beautiful letters, but draw these pictures alone must have taken quite a while. It's amazing, amazing accomplishment because, as you said, he was a full professor, which means he has a lot of responsibility <laughs> and a lot of time that he must spend with the college and, right. and some with the university. Well, thankfully for us, he was a man who was not averse to hard work and multitasking, <laughs> because otherwise we might not have The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and the beautiful uh, Silmarillion, which his son had to, you know, his son put together after he was gone. Yes, we're very thankful for Christopher Tolkien and all of his very, very hard work on The Silmarillion, the history of Middle-earth, just tremendous accomplishments that his son was able to do probably i mean you know there's leadership and his father probably led him to know what the nature you know how rewarding hard work and productive work can be well and it's amazing too as i was reading in the biography uh about because christopher took sick and one of the things that that um there's one thing i didn't mark it there but when the uh one of the drafts came back of the hobbit uh someone else had proofread it and found a number of things well uh, Christopher was recovering from from something, and so J.R. Tolkien said he, he, in one of his letters, he writes that he ge- he gave the manuscript to Christopher and gave him like a penny or something for each additional error that he found. So he kind of enlisted his help and hired him as a proofreader. And it um, was money well invested for us fans. Yes, because, well, look at how Christopher would have been immersed in the writings of his father from a very young age. And, of course, he's the one that went on to edit all those all those other books, the whole history of Middle-earth, as well as the Silmarillion and numerous other things. And it's amazing, you know, when we give gifts at Christmas time, how... How little does it matter, the tchotchkes and gimcracks that we get, and how important is the time? The toys that Tolkien gave his children are long gone. They're in the dustbin. But these letters that he gave his children last forever, and these letters, yes, they cost him some time, but they cost him zero dollars and cents. Yes, yes, and that's, that's a very... That's a lesson for all of us at this Christmas time, that how a little bit of time that we invest, especially in children, Handmade is never wasted. and letters and, and just, just letting people know how much we love them. Well, I'm going to read the third letter from the Cliff House. This is Wednesday, from Wednesday, December 23rd, 1936. So this would have been the... Um, the Christmas before the release date of The Hobbit in October of 1937. So Almost was, 75 years ago, yes, next year. It so. was it was at the publishers, um, but of course, of anyone who's ever done anything on book projects knows that once it goes to the publisher, that's when the work really starts with all the revisions and things. So, But he still had time to write a letter and make a picture for his children. So this from Wednesday, December 23rd, 1936. My dear children, I am sorry I cannot send you a long letter to thank you for yours, but I am sending you a picture which will explain a good deal. It is a good thing your changed lists arrived before these awful events or could not have done anything about it. I do hope you will like what I am bringing and will forgive any mistakes, and I hope nothing will still be wet. I am still so shaky and upset, I am getting one of my elves to write a bit more about things. I send very much love to you all. 
And then in another script here in the letter, Father Christmas says you will want to hear some news. Polar Bear has been quite good, or had been, though he has been rather tired. So has Father Christmas. I think the Christmas business is rather getting too much for them. So a lot of us, red and green elves, have gone to live permanently at Cliff House and be trained in the packing business. It was Polar Bear's idea. He also invented the number system, so that every child that Father Christmas deals with has a number, and we elves learn them all by heart and all the addresses. That saves a lot of writing. So many children have the same name that every packet used to have the address as well. Polar Bear said, "I am going to have a record year and help Father Christmas get so forward we can have some fun ourselves on Christmas Day." We all worked hard, and you will be surprised to hear that every single parcel was packed and numbered by Saturday, December nineteenth. Then Polar Bear said, "I am tired. I am going to have a hot bath and go to bed early." Well, <laughs> you can guess what happened. Father Christmas was taking a last look round the English delivery room about ten o'clock when water poured through the ceiling and swamped everything. It was soon six inches deep on the floor. Polar Bear had simply got into the bath with both taps running and gone fast asleep with one hind paw on the overflow. He had been asleep two hours when we woke him. Father Christmas was really angry, but Polar Bear only said, "I did have a jolly dream." I dreamt I was diving off a melting iceberg and chasing seals. He said later, when he saw the damage, "Well, there is one thing: those children at North Pole Road, Oxford." He always says that may lose some of their presents, but they will have a letter worth hearing this year. They can see a joke, even if none of you can. <laughs> that made Father Christmas angrier, and Polar Bear said, "Well, draw a picture of it and ask them if it is funny or not." So Father Christmas has, but he has begun to think it funny, although very annoying himself. Now we have cleared up the mess and got the English presents repacked again, just in time. We are all rather tired, so please excuse scrawly writing. Yours, Ilbereth, sec- secretary to Father Christmas. Then it says, "Very sorry, been busy, can't find that alphabet. We'll look after Christmas and post it." Yours, Polar Bear, and a big PB, and of course. Here also is a beautiful illustration with the polar bear in the bathtub and the water coming through <laughs> the ceiling <laughs> from the letters from Father Christmas. Just beautiful. Thank you for reading that. Just lovely. My gosh, such a great gift to all of us. Well, let's have a little bit of music because our time is almost up. But I love be, music. It wouldn't be Christmas without some. Christmas presents. Oh my gosh! And we have one for the Hobbit. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Oh, it's heavy. And one for the. By the way, it's very, very heavy. Mine is little and light. So, <laughs> so let's have a little bit of Christmas music here while we have. I have a bell. You have a bell, and uh, I thought we would hear a little bit from Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the extend the complete recordings, while you are opening your. Your little presents there, and wishing, and here I am, and I'm just wishing you a very and you're going to be opening Christmas. your presents too. Oh my goodness! I have a present too. We elves love presents. The only thing we like better than giving presents is getting presents. I'm afraid to open mine. Open, open! Oh my! So、goodness. nicely wrapped, and there's such a beautiful gift tag on it. Look at this! This looks like a gift card. 
from one of my favorite places to eat. We love, we love planning our program at Panera Bread on Bison. Thanks to Bob and Blanca and all of the wonderful staff there. Uh, Caitlin, it's such a wonderful, warm, welcoming place. Oh my gosh! I love the sound of paper ripping. I gave you your present earlier today. I oh know you gosh. did. And I got some, well, we'll have to talk at some point about Zintangles. So oh, the, my gosh. The Shieldmaid and I are doing, are making art and, and fun things. This did is Did you see those on the back of your little thing? I got a $10 card to my favorite r- restaurant up here, Veggie, Veggie Grill. Veggie Grill. Wow. But this is such a beautiful wrap, Elf Princess. Now, the you- green ribbon and the beautiful Christmas-themed circular gift tag here yes. with the with the three kings on one side and the Christ child on the other side this is something that's saved for a long time but the book is the lord of the rings which is my favorite tolkien book illustrated by alan lee now you tell me you don't oh have oh my that gosh one. i do not have this version it's got oh the my beautiful, gosh and it's, I, and it's the, got a red ribbon to remember where, where i'm the reading ribbon is, is marked too it's, oh it's the meaning of the elves ellen lee's illustration of oh. the the hobbits on the trail meeting with gildor and Gloria. a beautiful full color plate where the elves meet Gildor. And we're almost oh out of time, gosh. but look at, look at, look at, my package has all these wonderful stamps on them. Where are these stamps from? Look at these amazing stamps. I didn't expect that. I only expected your present to be the inset, which is uh, a special <gasps> poster that oh was made gosh. for the release of the Tolkien Centenary. And it's a poster. It's not the actual stamps because I thought they were sort of dull. But it's a poster for the stamp release in Great Britain in 1992. This is wonderful. And that came all the way from England. Well, it's interesting. If you look at the back of your book, look at the back of your book. What does it say right there? Tolkien, the centenary, 1892-1992. We just accidentally both gave each other centenary gifts. How funny. This is beautiful. Thank you so much. So this it's uh, just a thin little piece of paper well is. protected. Oh my gosh. It was shipped Thank from England you. very carefully oh, from, from a England. philatelist uh, shop that is a stamp and collector's shop. It's got the shop. runes on here. Because, yes. Oh. So Thank I looked at the so stamps much. and I looked at this poster. This poster is just like an advertisement for it, but it was in oh. such great condition. Yes. Uh, and I all have, the way from England. <laughs> oh, and I have quite a collection of posters. One of these days I'll have some place where I can put them up. But what I loved about the sale is, is what I loved about the seller is that he put all these beautiful British postage stamps to add up to the required postage to oh, ship to the I U.S. Know, look at these beautiful, I'm going to save these stamps for sure and put these in my little scrapbook thing. Look at this one with these little elves and funny things on them. But you know what? Guess what time it is. We are out of time. Oh, my gosh. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Our next program is January the 3rd. January And we start weekly as of January the 3rd, 2012. We plan to go weekly. Yes. And we will be having a very special program that day. Hopefully, perhaps even some special call-in guests because we will be celebrating J.R.R. Tolkien's birthday because our show will actually be on January 3rd, which is J.R.R. Tolkien's birthday. So we'll celebrate the new year and Tolkien's birthday. And wow. And so for, to our friends, we are going to have to say Namariya, Alin Salalum, and Amentiel. And thanks to Ro for joining us on this joyous occasion. Do you want to say anything to, uh, 
to our friends that, or did anybody goodbye? Well, <laughs> thank you for having me on this show for this hour, and I look forward to our next hour. Yes, we'll just have more fun the next coming hour. So this is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tunuviel, and you can catch us on podcast at um, iTunes and KUCI.org, and you can email us at askanelf at yahoo.com. And Ro and I will be back in just a little bit, filling in today for the Blue and Gold Report. And in the meantime, let's have a little music uh, from Return of the King into the West. We love all the music of Middle Earth. Uh, This is KUCI in Irvine.